You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 Hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network 95.7 The Game. It's Mark Grandy. It's Evan Giddings. Mark, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Evan. I feel like it's been a, a while since we uh, we last caught up here on an episode of the 415ers. I know that's just the way that the offseason is, and we're, we're coming to you here on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. But uh, we wanted to uh, – I know Brock Purdy's in, in Texas – you know, catching up with his surgeon before the surgery tomorrow on Wednesday. So we, we wanted to obviously try to try to time up these episodes with a little more of that timeline because that's the most important thing for the 49ers going on. So uh, all that said, uh, it's been a while. So it's it's good to be on with you once again here on the 415ers. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. I got my Iowa State uh, shaker bottle for those oh, wow. watching on YouTube. Go clones, am I yeah, right? I'll, I'll call it Brock. No, it was a giveaway in uh, some <laughs> some protein bar package I bought, and it just happened to so be uh, you know one from Ames. So okay. shout out to the Cyclone. Shout out to Brock Purdy. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Weather for those of you um, probably noticing at this point, but we power on on the four one fivers. So Mark, you know, obviously. Everything this week is surrounding the 49ers quarterback. And of course, his surgery is going to be on Wednesday. He's getting things checked out on Tuesday with his doctor. Uh, this episode being released on Tuesday morning. And so, you know, we thought it'd be kind of appropriate just to sort of go around the NFC and see where you know, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, I think more specifically, Brock Purdy to me, Mark, is, is the topic of conversation until we find out otherwise. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, how would you sort of rank? the 49ers signal callers within the national football conference. Like how do you sort of stack them up against what the rest of the league or rest of the conference is looking like? It's kind of a wild conversation because you just think when you hear that question, like, Oh, there's no way he could be, you know, in the top five, like Brock Purdy hasn't done enough to even be near that level. But then you just look team by team, Evan, and you start to think kind of how devoid of, talent this conference is at the quarterback position and you can very very well make a case for him to be you know in in the top five and I mean there are uh, you know not not a ton of teams in in every conference uh but you know top five that that's that's still pretty good I mean clear at the top probably is is Jalen Hurts right now with Tom Brady's retirement there might not be any anyone else holding him down uh if we're doing this specifically for next season, I mean, Kyler Murray is a torn ACL. He's out of this conversation entirely. And who knows if, if he's even similar to where he he was prior to the injury when he does eventually come back. I know we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers in a little bit. I don't know who I'd, I wouldn't feel comfortable picking Aaron Rodgers to be 
anything consistently great again. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. Dak Prescott, we talked a lot about that the week leading up to the postseason game against the Niners. Would you take Brock Purdy? Would you take Dak Prescott? I think at the very worst for the Niners, it's a pick between those two. Uh, so it's not like Dak Prescott is clearly a better quarterback. Daniel Jones, a fun story. In the NFC West, specifically, Matthew Stafford, is his elbow going to be back to normal? If it is, okay, he's probably better than Brock Purdy. What do you feel about Geno Smith? Great story, but can he keep it up? I guess, long story short, Evan, uh, maybe it's it's more a result of everyone else around you know Brock Purdy at the quarterback position in this conference. But Brock Purdy's got to be in the conversation for top five in the NFC, as, as wild as that sounds. Uh, just simply because there's not a lot of others that you could clearly make the case are better than him at, at this given point, which is interesting to say, considering he's only started less than half of a season. Well, it's kind of like our last episode. We were talking about the 49ers path right through the NFC. Yeah. Like that's the reason why we feel so confident in them getting back to where they were this past year, or perhaps even further is because of the competition around them. And of course, big part of the competition is the quarterback position. <laughs> so I, d- I do feel like it depends on how we qualify it. If you were just basing quarterbacks on last year, I do think there is a case Brock Purdy has a place in the top five, because even if you are looking at say a, you know, a talent like Aaron Rodgers, or you're looking at a talent like Kyler Murray pre-injury, those guys didn't really perform the way they had in previous years. Uh, Dak Prescott was pretty solid, but as we saw, has flaws when it comes to a big moment. And unfortunately, Brock Purdy never got a chance to show whether he could or could not step up in that big moment. Um, So I think there is an, an argument, a case for him being a top five quarterback last season, despite having a small sample size. I mean, I know he didn't qualify, but if you just take his QBR, uh, it's better than Patrick Mahomes was last year. And no one's <laughs> saying that he's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, but the number, but the numbers that Brock Purdy was putting up puts him in sort of elite level conversation, but but puts him in a group with names that you would generally associate for the league's elite. Um, if you're looking at what's moving on ahead, I mean, I just kind of have my list of quarterbacks that I would rather have for next season, and Brock Purdy is. He's pretty close to the top five. He's not quite there yet, but I've sort of broken it down into um, Jalen Hurts would be my number one. Yeah. Jared Goff would be my number two. Sneaky up there. I was just going to ask you about him. Yeah. Really? And not just because he went to Cal. Uh, (laughs) Number three would be Geno Smith, actually, because I do think what he did this past season yeah, there you go, Mark. For those watching on YouTube, Mark just pulled up a Cal Cup just, just, just for your boy. I feel like this might have been left in here by you. It's just randomly sitting in it here. It definitely was. <laughs> it absolutely was. And then, you know, I, I am looking at, honestly, I, I think Dak Prescott is, is a guy right now who's shown me a little bit more in the league, even though he hasn't been able to perform in the playoffs. Um, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't have as much of a sample size for me. And then right there, I'm looking at... You know, if if Kyler Murray was healthy, honestly, I think I would probably rather have Kyler just because I do think having a dual threat quarterback in today's game is a little more valuable than a primarily pocket passing quarterback. Uh, But I would rather have Brock Purdy instead of Matthew Stafford. I would rather have Brock Mm. Purdy instead of Kirk Cousins. I would rather have Brock Purdy instead of a guy like Justin Fields. And I know Aaron Rodgers is kind of in that flux area because we don't know whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to go. 
although it sounds like there's a lot of people in Green Bay who don't want him around. So Brock Purdy, to me, is just on the outside of the top five if you're looking at next year, assuming health. And if you're looking at things that he did this past season, I'd be hard-pressed to keep him out of my top five among NFC quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, as you, you kind of go through the teams... Uh, as I was saying earlier, you, you're kind of shocked at just not necessarily how bad the quarterbacks are in this conference, but just how average there are. There aren't really that many elite guys. When you say, and people would probably argue with you that that you would pick, you know, Jared Goff second in this conference, uh, you can make a case for it, but I, there will be people that disagree. But the point is, if you could make a case for that, and it's nothing against Jared Goff. I'm not trying to disparage him. We know his story and we know how, you know, his tenure with the Rams ended. It was not pretty after that Super Bowl appearance. He was really bad. Uh, but he's had a couple of really good seasons, specifically this most recent one with the Lions. So so you're right. He has catapulted himself near the top of this conversation. Now, there is that, you know, number one spot for Jalen Hurts. And as it currently stands, there's a gigantic gap, a gigantic layoff before you reach number two, I would argue. Um, but if you don't have Jared Goff at the worst in your what top top four, top three, you're probably focusing too much on your previous, you know, uh, opinion of what Jared Goff was as a quarterback with the Rams. And you haven't really given him a fair shake with the Lions because he was really good last year. And we spent so much time, I guess me specifically talking about of the Niners potential first round opponents. It was, you know, the commanders, it was the lions. It was the Seahawks. I was most worried about the lions and a big part of that. And really the only reason because their offense was just terrible was because of Jared Goff and their, their offense. Pardon me. The lions defense was terrible, but the, uh, the offense was great. And a big reason was because of Jared Goff and his ability to push the ball down the field, use his many weapons. They have, you know, good running backs as well. And I, and I know I'm getting off topic, but but the larger point is if you can make a case for Jared Goff as the second best quarterback in the NFC, it is a conference in which you should be able to take advantage of if you are a Niners team that has the roster that they have as well, which, which I know that it's something we'll get into as well. But your point about Aaron Rodgers even if he is still in the NFC, say he goes or he stays with Green Bay, say he goes somewhere else, potentially he goes to the NFC South, with, which basically have four question marks at their quarterback position right now. If he, Even if he stays in the NFC, I'm not sure I'm picking him over Brock Purdy, but I would bet he probably goes to the AFC, maybe to the Jets. Somewhere in the AFC would be my guess for Aaron Rodgers, and then you throw him out of the conversation entirely – and, you know, that's that's another potential leg up for Brock Purdy when it comes to these rankings. So I'm with you. Brock Purdy deserves to be sniff, sniffing the top five right now, uh, because where else would you put him? He's certainly not in the bottom half of quarterbacks in this conference, because the bottom half of quarterbacks in this conference are essentially career journeymen. I mean, that's where this conference is right now. I do think it is probably... Maybe a little unfair because we are looking at these quarterbacks from their situations. Like, I, yeah, I guess right. one thing, if we had to reorder the quarterbacks based on, okay, like how would each of these guys look in San Francisco? I mean, yep. like if we're talking about everything being equal, is Brock Purdy as good of a quarterback as, 
uh, right now as as even a, a Geno Smith, um, maybe, but Geno Smith might look really good with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So we can only do that. To me, as far as Trey Lance is concerned, because there's a very real possibility he is the starting quarterback for San Francisco next season, or at some point could be, I do think wherever you have Justin Fields, to me, Trey Lance is one below him. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, not not of the... I don't think they have a similar a similar skill set, but I think they have a a similar uh, talent base, which is being very raw. Justin Fields is more of a runner. Trey Lance is more of a passer. But to me, they're both very unproven and, of course, will be inextricably linked because of their draft class. So to me, Justin Fields has the sample size at this point, has the experience and has also the failures on his resume that Trey Lance hasn't been allowed to get yet. Uh, So to me, you know, if you're having Justin Fields around your top 10, probably outside of it. Uh, Trey Lance would be one slot below him. That's how I guess I would factor in Trey Lance. That's fair. I'm not exactly sure where I'd put Trey Lance because I, I think kind of what you're getting at, you just simply don't know yet. So if, if you have to go off what you know, I'd, I'd probably be there with you. He'd be in the bottom third, you know, probably. Uh, I think it makes sense to, to have Justin Fields maybe just a, a tick above Trey Lance. I do think we kind of get in this mindset when it comes to quarterbacks specifically. And I think this is the case for Justin Fields, Evan. It's man. He helped me win fantasy games this year. He's a good quarterback. He, he hasn't really been a good quarterback yet. He's made some electric plays with his legs and he has won you some fantasy football matchups. Yes. No one is debating that. I remember playing against him when he had like two rushing touchdowns of 60 yards and I wanted to cry that whole game watching him. I think it was the Detroit Lions. That Lions defense uh, let me down. Um, But he hasn't really been a good quarterback yet either. He has made those great plays with his legs. He's made a couple of nice throws here and there. But just because he's he's a good fantasy quarterback does not just immediately translate to good quarterbacking skills on the football field if you're trying to win games. So I would caution people to not get a little too excited over Justin Fields or really any young quarterback for that matter. Um, when you are focusing maybe a little more so on the fantasy side of things as opposed to anything else. But I, I do understand your larger point, and I do think I agree. Just because Justin Fields has started a season plus now, uh, he deserves to have a, a leg up over Trey Lance, who, as we know, has struggled to stay on the field at all. Uh, now, maybe that changes this season, Evan, and maybe you we're having this conversation one year from now, and it's entirely flipped, and maybe Trey Lance is in the top five if he has a great season. But but as of right now, Trey Lance hasn't done anything, whether it's fair or not, uh, to to really deserve being up any higher than, as you said, probably the bottom third in the conference. And that's probably the biggest takeaway from this NFC list. However you cut it, however you slice it, however you grade it, there is room for growth. There yes. is room to move up. Every spot is up for grabs, in my opinion, except for number one, except for the runner-up MVP, which is Jalen Hurts. Anywhere else, two through 14, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or whoever's going to quarterback the San Francisco 49ers next season could be number two, could be number 14. It does not matter. To me, the NFC right now is clamoring for a quality quarterback to step up, not named Jalen Hurts. If Jared Goff fell off a cliff next year, even though I don't think he will, I wouldn't be surprised. Same for Geno Smith. Same for Dak Prescott. Same for literally anybody else in this conference not named Jalen Hurts. And so Brock Purdy and Trey Lance 
are young. They have their careers ahead of them. They have room to get better. And to me, that in this conference is exactly where you want to be. So either way you slice it, I think the 49ers quarterback room is in good shape. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, we, we've, and I know I said this a few weeks ago, maybe it was right after the loss in the NFC championship game, but there's no hiding. This isn't a good situation the Niners are in right now with both of their quarterbacks being injured, Evan. Like, ideally, you want your guys being healthy in the offseason. I know Trey Lance is very close to being fully healthy and assuming there's nothing major that goes wrong. And, you know, with Niner quarterbacks, you never know. So, so fingers crossed for Trey. Uh, he will be good to go for OTAs, and he should have a relatively normal offseason. Uh, but you still don't want both of your young quarterbacks to be hurt. But if you can assume relative health, and maybe even if it takes Brock Purdy a little bit longer than expected, maybe he doesn't have much of a training camp. Still, having two young quarterbacks on rookie deals who, at least to some extent, you believe can win you games, at least keep you competitive for the time being, that's a, a position that a lot of teams in the NFC would trade you for. So th there's a certain level of, I don't know, nerves because of the injuries. But if things go normal, I think the Niners are content, as Kyle Shanahan said, content enough with their quarterback position that they're not going to be trying to do anything outside of what they currently have. I think they're happy enough. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy, follow him on social at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I am on social at egettings10. Follow the 415ers at 415ers. I'll tell you one team that would rather trade their quarterback room to San Francisco in exchange for what they're getting back, and that'd be the Green Bay Packers because there was a report this week uh, from inside the Green Bay Packers organization and this was, uh, I just want to make sure I get the reporter's name right. Bob McGinn, he's covered the Packers for decades. From everything I've read from him uh, in the brief time that I've read about the Packers, he's not really a hot take guy. Like he doesn't just come out and flame people. And so for him to come out and say that the Packers are, quote, they are done with Aaron Rodgers. And they basically see him as, ironically, with his darkness retreat, a dark cloud over this organization at this point. They are trying to move off of him. They are seeing either if he's A, going to retire, B, if he's going to come back so they can move him. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers' time in Wisconsin is over with. And so uh, first, before we dig into the ramifications and, you know, kind of the the um, the whatever's going to happen, the results of this, Mark, like, are, are you surprised, I guess, that this is what we're hearing from Green Bay? 
Because it, it is the biggest quarterback news so far this offseason outside of Tom Brady retiring. I'm a little surprised that we're hearing these reports. I wouldn't have been shocked if that's what they were feeling, uh, considering, you know, I, it's nothing. I don't know. It, it hasn't been openly, I don't know, malicious from Aaron Rodgers, but just everything that you have to go through and put up with, if you're the team that employs Aaron Rodgers over the last few years, uh, it hasn't been easy. So I'm not surprised that the Packers, I'm, I'm assuming this report is at least, you know, mostly true. Uh, you know, the, the reporter McGinnis, I know, has covered the Packers forever, and he's very respected up there. So I would imagine there's at least, uh, you know, a, a shred of truth to this. I'm, I'm not surprised that they're feeling this way. I'm a little surprised that they're, they're you know, speaking to, you know, the media members or leaking it out to, to some members of the media uh, openly. Uh, because what that tells me is that they have already made up their mind that that they don't see a way to kind of mend this relationship with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, bring him back to Green Bay. Um, maybe it also means that they are confident in Jordan Love. Maybe if they weren't confident in Jordan Love, they wouldn't be saying these things because they knew that their replacement was terrible. And maybe they'd be willing to put up with some more Aaron Rodgers madness uh, you know, an ayahuasca trip here and a retreat to darkness there. And they'd be willing to put up with that maybe if they weren't happy with Jordan Love. And I know it was really limited playing time, but that game that the what Rodgers missed, I think it was against Kansas City. Love played and wasn't bad, but but I mean, didn't absolutely blow, you know, anyone out of the water. But, you know, looked relatively competent and, and you wonder what he might do if he is the team starter. So maybe this is more about Jordan Love and the team finally feeling comfortable there. Um, but to answer your question, Evan, yes, I am a little surprised that this is uh, being leaked out to the media, but it seems pretty normal for the team to feel this way. That kind of seems like par for the course at this point. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting because, and I don't want to get Donnie to dig too deep into the Packers, but they found a way to restructure Aaron Jones's contract. So that was some that was a player that obviously is, been a quality member of their organization that they weren't necessarily expecting to potentially get back. And then this news comes out after I'm not necessarily sure if, if they're super confident or high on Jordan love. I think it's just Aaron Rodgers got to go like, like this guy has to get out of our organization. That's what it screams to me. And so right now, if you are a team that is in need of a quarterback upgrade, however much of an upgrade you feel like it is, that is something that teams will have to weigh. And that's why we're talking about a potential, you know, Aaron Rodgers to NFC South trip, um, potentially to the New York Jets, where, of course, 49ers fans are familiar with Robert Sala and the great things that he was able to do for most of the season, really without a quarterback. Um, but, you know, Bob McGinn is saying basically they're disgusted with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And that's something you don't really hear that often unless there is some smoke behind the fire. So uh, I, I personally would not want Aaron Rodgers on my team and not just for the extracurriculars that you've discussed and that we often make light of, <laughs> but because Mark, he was bad last year, like objectively, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers was not good for the first time, probably ever. I don't know this, but off the top of my head, I would guess that Aaron Rodgers in a single season has thrown three touchdowns or more more than once, which he only did once last year. And I would venture to guess that he also across an entire season in which he was healthy had at least one game 
with 300 or more passing yards, which he did not do last season. That, to me, is a sign of a guy who is 39 years old and is on his way out, despite being a year removed from an MVP campaign. I guess you can make an argument that his weapons were not very good last year, although I thought he had a pretty serviceable defense. He also played in a division that, even with a 13-win Vikings team, was not all that good. So Aaron Rodgers had ways to pick up wins and simply could not, to the point where all he had to do was beat a Detroit Lions team on the final game of the regular season at home, a team that had nothing to play for and get into the playoffs and could not do it. So if I'm a team out there looking for a quarterback, if you're looking for a one-year flyer and you're you're willing to... Uh, you know, roll the die, uh, whatever seven-sided voodoo die Aaron Rodgers uses <laughs> in the offseason, you are more than willing to do that. But Mark, I do not want this version of Aaron Rodgers on my football team. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, if I'm a team that has any serious aspirations, I wouldn't. And I, I mean, I guess if I'm a team that doesn't have serious aspirations, why would I want an aging old quarterback whose best years are, are well past him? The, the crazy thing with Aaron Rodgers, Evan, is you, I mean, you laid out, you know, how poor he was this season. He was the back-to-back two-time defending MVP of the league. Like how is it normal to fall off a cliff that immediately? Like was Devonte Adams the reason like, do are we not giving Devontae Adams enough credit, you know, for how he helps quarterbacks? Is it that? Is it a coincidence that Aaron Rodgers suddenly fell off a sharp cliff and is never going to return the year that Devontae Adams leaves? I mean, I I'm I understand what you're saying, and I agree that I wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers on my football team because I'm just not confident, one, that he can return anywhere near, you know, to his previous form. And two, I don't want the headache that comes with it. But there's got to be some team, a couple of teams out there, Evan, probably in both conferences that say, hey, you know what? He was incredible the year before this one and the one before that. He's Last year was just a bad year. We'll take a chance. We'll deal with the headache for a year. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We're only delaying our full rebuild one more year. Why not wait one more year? There are probably a few teams out there that are willing to do that because it's rare to see a player fall off such a steep cliff so fast. Yes, but it has happened, and it has happened to great quarterbacks. The first one that comes to my mind would be 2014-15 to Peyton Manning, who in 2014, I believe, threw 34 touchdowns, I want to say. And in 2015, the year they won the Super Bowl, he threw a whopping nine. And he threw 17 17 interceptions that year. He was absolutely putrid. And he went from age 39 to 40, and he fell off a freaking cliff. That is not as bad as Aaron Rodgers fell off last year. But that's the type of drop-off that we're kind of talking about, Mark. And so, look, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers can't be a serviceable quarterback, that he can't be a good one, because in all honesty, the one thing that Rodgers has consistently done throughout his career is take care of the ball, and that is valuable to a team that maybe has a great defense and that is maybe a quarterback away. Obviously, the Jets, maybe the Saints are looking at him. But I, I just, I can't see it. Like, if Aaron Rodgers stays in the NFC, I think that, it's not a win for the 49ers, but it doesn't move the needle to me as fearing another team like New Orleans or I don't know, even if he goes to Tampa Bay. Like, oh, yeah. who would you rather have right now, Mark, Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? Oof, 
like that's a no, 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 no. Hold, hold right there. Hold right there. The fact that you even say oof is where we're at right now with Aaron Rodgers. Because a year ago, that's the dumbest question you've ever heard. But right now, you actually have to do some calculus and say, oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo gives me this. At least he's a good guy off the field. Aaron Rodgers, meanwhile, is pretty good on the field, but he's not as good as you. Like That's the conversation we're having now surrounding a guy that is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, I think the answer to that question might be Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, But your larger point is correct. I mean... the time of fearing Aaron Rodgers is over. You know, there are, you know, thoughts, you know, this, even this year, I know I had this conversation with you. We had it out here on the 415ers, and I know a lot of Niner fans felt the same way. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. I, I don't want to. He can pull off some crazy magic because he's the two-time defending MVP. He's been bad all year, but maybe he pulls something out of, a, out of you know, out of the hat, and he upsets the Niners at Levi's Stadium. I'm telling you now, the time of fearing Aaron Rodgers is gone. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, the last thing you're worrying about is where Aaron Rodgers plays football in 2023. Because wherever he goes, the team probably will not be very good. And if they are, it will not be because Aaron Rodgers returned to form. It is past him. He is not to be feared anymore. And hey, the the 49ers should probably hope he stays in the NFC because that would mean an easy win if the Niners happen to play them this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is past his prime. He's not going to do anything of any importance in the NFL ever again. It's my opinion. And uh, the the Niners, this should be the last thing uh, they worry about. I'm not saying that that we think they are worrying about it because they're not. Uh, But they they shouldn't be. They're, They're right not to worry about it because this is very, very down on the totem pole of things that are affecting the 49ers in this coming season. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, Mark. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Five stars are appreciated. Four and a half of that's a thing uh, at the minimum. <laughs> no, okay, five. Mo- Come on. No, five. Uh, just a pure five. Actually, yes. I think we're still I think we're still rolling on fives, Mark. I don't think we've got, we got anything a perfect less. score. We got a perfect score right now. So, yeah, if you do rate it, please, please don't ruin that score. Don't yes. don't be that guy. Don't we will. We guy. will like track you down and try to find out like who ruined our perfect rating. Yeah, Mark's got a lock on IP addresses across the, the <laughs> interwebs. Uh, well, so it, like if we are talking about the fear factor, the reason for any fear factor to me in the NFC, and this is not not to take a, a shot at, I don't know, the 49ers or any team in the NFC, but just, just looking at the quarterbacks, okay? So you have Jalen Hurts, who 
maybe is a top two, top three quarterback. And then the rest of the quarterbacks, one through probably seven, eight, are all in the AFC. So when we're talking about a reason to feel confident and a fear factor quality for the 49ers or any other NFC team, it's going to be because of their roster. And I know that they'll have some decisions to make as far as free agents are concerned. Mark, you laid out how many decisions a team like the Eagles will have to make on our previous episode. But you know, right now, the 49ers, I, I, I don't know if there's a ton of tinkering they need to do roster-wise, Mark, but I don't know why you wouldn't feel confident in them moving forward this year outside of, of course, the, the guy who's going to be under center. Yeah, no, you absolutely should be. And it's wild that you have a team like the 49ers, and, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, Evan, uh, after the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I guess, uh, you know, more recent than that. But the Niners are, you know, what, like co-favorites in the NFC or the favorites in the NFC, depending on which sports book you look at, to win the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I think the Niners have actually leaned the, – the, the the odds have leaned to the Niners' favor since then. If you look now, the Niners' odds are even better to make it and, and win the Super Bowl. So take that for what, what you will. But what it means is there is general public confidence in the 49ers and their ability to compete at a high level and go deep into the postseason. That is really rare for a team that is led by quarterbacks that are generally unproven, that are coming off of serious injuries, and you're not even really sure who is going to start week one. That just generally does not happen in the NFL. And just a few days ago, uh, ESPN, 10 of their football experts came out with a you know way too early 2023 season kind of prediction thing. 10 experts, seven of them picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Seven of the of ESPN's 10 experts picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Now, only one of those seven picked the Niners to win in the Super Bowl, but still, seven of the 10 think the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. How rare is that to have a team with the quarterback situation the Niners have as the favorite in the NFC? That does not happen. And, and what does that tell you? It's, it's to your point, Evan. The Niners roster is so complete around the quarterback, even with some questions here, pre-free agency, the Niners roster is so much more complete than almost any other around the NFC that quarterback questions aside, you can almost pencil in the 49ers as a top three seed in the NFC. You can almost pencil them in at this point because that's how good the rest of their roster is. Yeah, right now, if like assuming nothing drastic changes if the 49ers are not the one seed next year i'm gonna be a little pissed honestly <laughs> like i they have no reason to not be at this point unless god forbid something goes wrong with brock purdy surgery and you know trey lance it's you know quarterback carousel all over again next year and and, and i think that's what i take away from that survey hearing that seven of the ten selected the niners to go to the super bowl from the nfc but only and this is i think the most telling part mark one of those seven actually picked yeah. them to win the Super Bowl. A lot of them either had, of course, the Chiefs, the Bengals, maybe the Bills, some sort of iteration. One, two, or three, or four AFC teams perhaps could be ones to represent and win the Super Bowl on the AFC side, whereas it's hard to see a team not named the 49ers right now coming out of the NFC. But And, and that's right now where... 
again, if we're talking about NFC quarterback rankings, Brock Purdy to me last year, top five, maybe heading into next season outside of the top five. What the 49ers need from the quarterback position, in my opinion, to uh, force some of these experts into thinking that they can win the Super Bowl would be top three NFC quarterback level play. Like that's to me even the baseline of what they would need to compete at the highest level because we saw a significant drop off between Jalen Hurts, like you said, and the rest of the NFC quarterbacks last year. And even then, with a great game from Jalen Hurts, it was not enough to beat Kansas City. Who knows who's going to come out of the AFC next year because it's very difficult and history's told us that teams simply do not repeat in the NFL as Super Bowl champs, nor do they often even return to the Super Bowl. That would tell you that there is a window open here for the 49ers, and the quarterback position is probably going to determine that like it determines very many other things here in the NFL. Yeah, and there's a very real chance that, uh, you know, the, the starting quarterback for the 49ers in the postseason in a potential NFC championship game in a potential Super Bowl might not be exactly who we're expecting. If if the last season, the last, I don't know, 18 months, maybe a little less than that, I guess maybe 12 months, last year of Niners quarterback things are any any indication uh, this this might be a season that, that we're not quite expecting at the quarterback position. Um one thing I, I did want to make sure I said, you know, those those ESPN predictions, a lot of kind of the 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 Niners of the AFC or the Bengals, a lot of Bengals picks uh, by those ESPN experts. And I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the Bengals, Evan. I know we talked about it like Joe Burrow in a postseason game. I, I feel like it's getting to a point where it's really hard to bet against him because he's just always cool under pressure and seems to find a way. I think this offseason is the time that we see the Bengals starting to get poached. We see other teams taking advantage of their players, of things that they've developed. I think the Bengals are going to be in for a little bit of a, a decline this coming season. Not saying they're missing the playoffs or anything, but I, I would not bet on them to make the Super Bowl in that conference. That conference is insanely deep and talented and good with all those quarterbacks. And who knows what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Maybe they don't even win the division. Um, not saying I'm betting on that, but I, I got to get that off my chest. I don't think the Bengals are going to uh, be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. That's not much of a hot take, but I, I think we'll see them fall off just a little bit after, you know, a couple of really incredible years back to back. I'm with you on the fall off. I do think it's primarily because of the division and, and not just because of the Ravens. I also think the Steelers showed last year that, with a Ooh. general comp competent quarterback, like they can win games. You a fan uh, of Kenny Pickett? Uh, I'm a fan of TJ Watt, who didn't play the entire year. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm also, uh, yeah, it I pains me to say this, but I do think the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns will be a lot better next season <laughs> with a full yeah. year of Deshaun Watson and whatever he chooses to do. Um, I will not be rooting for them, but I do think that outside of the AFC West, it, I, the AFC East is is pretty damn good too, but I yeah. feel like there's more parity in the NFC North across all four teams, at least at this point. Um, I know that's you got always going to be, yeah, that's always going to be a dogfight of the division, anyways. It doesn't even really matter like what the teams are like. That's always going to come down to a game in December in Pittsburgh. You got to win, and you're the division champs. If not, you're going to lose. Like it always comes down to something like that. Anyway. 
Yeah, like the Steelers will find a way to steal a win from Cincinnati or on the road or at home or I don't know. They like they'll they'll just beat each other up. I do think that there is and what we're seeing from this panel is that people trust the quarterback. And Joe yeah. Burrow is the second best quarterback in football. I think that's pretty safe to say behind Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why anyone would think still that he's number one over Patrick Mahomes. But so if you're looking at all right. I don't want to make the clear, obvious choice. Kansas City, they're going to be riding high, and they're probably due for some decline. It's going to be the Bengals next to step back up and make the Super Bowl. I thought that the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl this year, and they were potentially uh, you know, a, a late penalty away from making it. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in the big game next year. But I, either way, AFC is looking like I'm glad that the 49ers do not play oh, in the yeah. AFC 100% because we would not be allowed to have these conversations with as much confidence as we do because no offense to San Francisco, but if you put them in that conference, um, they might be the third, fourth, fifth best team at this point, instead of looking at them as the clear number one. Yeah. No, you put the Niners in the AFC, say you swap them out with like a, I don't know. Say you swap them out with the Raiders. You, you kind of keep the, you know, the Raiders West, would love that. The, they would the West idea going on. Uh, Niners would probably be like the, the fifth favorite to win the conference. I think that's how much the quarterbacks matter when you're going up against other quarterbacks that are great. And that's what the AFC is. You know, you could, you could tell people that Brock Purdy would continue what he did at the end of this regular season and play relatively similar to a comparable level this coming season, Evan. But I still think the Niners would be like the fourth or fifth favorite in the NFC because even at the level Purdy was playing at, there's a gigantic jump to get to a, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, even a Justin Herbert. Like that's that's a gigantic leap beyond what Brock Purdy has already done. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, the AFC is a different beast. The Niners should be, you know, thanking their Lord and Savior every every night that they're not in a conference like that, because if they did, they would probably be forced into being a little more creative at the quarterback position, but they're not. They think instead of having to beat three elite quarterbacks in the postseason, maybe they only got to beat one. If they're, if they're unlucky two. if they have to meet Jalen hurts again in the postseason. So, uh, you know, taking stock of where you are and your surroundings is a big part of the team building and, and trying to win. And the Niners, I think have realized there is a quarterback deficiency in the NFC. And as a result, they think they can win the conference without perhaps one of the most elite quarterbacks in the game. Now, of course, they would love an elite quarterback, but they're not going to go out of their way to trade off, to sell off some of their other elite players to try to grasp at an elite quarterback when they think they can compete in this conference with what they currently have. Well, and hopefully the next couple of years, an elite quarterback will reveal itself at San Francisco, whether that's Brock Purdy, whether that's Trey Lance, whether it's someone that's not even on the team, who knows? Because uh, right now, that is the question mark in San Francisco. And we're going to find out a little more about that question on Wednesday. Of course, when Brock Purdy gets his hopeful reconstructive surgery, hopefully no setbacks there, um, or repaired surgery, I should say, not reconstructive. And so he'll be back hopefully before the beginning of this season. We'll have a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. And that will be the crux. That will be the theme of our next episode coming to you later this week. Keep an eye out for the 415ers podcast. A big prayer for Brock Purdy. Hopefully we can get him back soon, Mark. 
Fingers crossed. Yeah, again, we don't really know yet. They're they're gonna, you know, open up his elbow, see if he needs full Tommy John or just the repair. If it's just the repair, it says six months until he's able to go and practice and play. But if if they are surprised and he happens to need Tommy John, then welcome to the Trey Lance era once again, because that's what it's going to be in 2023. So fingers crossed, no surprises for Trey Lance and his whole team down there getting the surgery in Texas. Well, the 415 era rolls on here on uh, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network and 95.7 The Game. Mark, appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you next time.